0: UU's have a long history of placing more importance on our actions than our beliefs. It's almost taken for granted that two random UU's could have significant differences in what they believe, and that's okay. But it's also our aspiration to act in harmony with each other and with our principles. Actions are usually easy to observe, while reported beliefs can be hard to evaluate, and may be not consistent with your actions. Actions also appear to be more effective at producing transformations than mumbling creeds stating our beliefs. The various Bibles for the major religions all have a rather Chaotic quality to them when it comes to believing the stories. Was Mary really a virgin? Did God manufacture stone tablets with the Ten Commandments on them? How did penguins and kangaroos get to Noah's (laughs) Ark? What happened to the golden tablets? Joseph Smith was given by God with the Book of Mormon on them. Much of the holy writings are stories that we've been urged to believe. But from time to time, the sacred writings actually counsel how we should act. The Ten Commandments and the Golden Rule are, at least on the surface, hard to misunderstand. The reality is somewhat murkier, however. Today, I'll share some thoughts about the Golden Rule and hope to expose the deeper moral challenges that the real world, especially the diverse real world, can present us with. The Golden Rule in its King James Version exhorts, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. For a long time, I consciously tried to live in harmony with the rule, but found myself troubled by some aspects of it. It seems to be based on the assumption that the doer and the other share a common system of values and expectations. Looking at our current reality, however, it's hard to defend this assumption especially when we're attempting to apply it within a diverse society. I've called the assumption that everybody else is just like me the dross assumption. If every one of us shared the same values and upbringing, the world would be a much calmer place, albeit perhaps a bit boring. But we are diverse. So can we even apply the rule? More constructively, how can we know when it's likely to work? And when do we need to be aware of its challenges? Explicitly what's broken. By ignoring our diversity, our actions might be misinterpreted or even being harmful. For example, I love to eat peanuts but I wouldn't give them to a child who is allergic or give ice cream to a diabetic. Both of these actions are suggested by the rule, but lead to dangerous consequences. It gets worse. Here is a troubling case that gets to the root problem. A man named Kenyon Graham was only a child when he showed signs of mental illness. By age 10, he was hospitalized with bipolar paranoid schizophrenia. As an adult, he was homeless, abused his mother, and would often strip naked in public. Police were called dozens of times He had been repeatedly offered treatment, but it was voluntary and he left each time after a few days. Despite a small group of neighbors who tried to help him, he was murdered in December 2021 by another street person. To me, repeatedly making treatment in this case voluntary is what the golden rule prescribes. If he didn't want it, he could leave. But I suspect that most of us would have wanted a more effective intervention. Truly helping Kenyon might mean bending or breaking the golden rule. He might need to be forced to get treatment, which he actively resisted. If we agree that literally following the golden rule doesn't always work, what do we do instead? What principles can inform our actions? We can toss the rule out, or we can try to modify it, or we can transform it and attempt to capture its essence. Given our church's motto, I'm heading for transformation, but Let's take a look at modifying the rule first. To restate the problem, the dross assumption allows me to evaluate my actions to the other based solely on my own beliefs, motivations, and emotions. Rejecting the dross assumption empowers us to attend to the other in a more direct way, seeing and feeling what is actually happening with them rather than assuming it's just like me. One of the most common attempts to repair the rule, often called the Platinum Rule, is do unto others what they would have you do for them. This restatement seems to come closer, but it still has problems. The good part is it enjoins us to involve the other in the action, to consider them as well as ourselves before doing our doing. The bad part is the platinum rule would still have us feeding peanuts to an allergic child or telling the mentally ill to walk away from treatment. In your own life, are there some people who treat you in ways that don't follow the rule? Do they justify it in some way? Do you accept the treatment and justify that in some way? Under what circumstances would you be willing to act towards someone in a way that doesn't follow the rule? How would you justify it? Let's talk about dentists for a moment. Most of us go to the dentist regularly, and from time to time, the dentist inflicts pain on us. In the immediate moment, this isn't fun. But taking a larger view, a little pain now can prevent serious pain and disease in the future, just like getting vaccinated. In the moment, the rule appears to be broken, but with a larger view, it's acceptable Even beneficial. So who are the dentists in your life? Those people who can break the rule for smaller things while respecting it in the big picture. One thing you need to do is to trust the dentist. And trusting often involves managing your own fears and biases. Trust is a funny business. We tend to trust people who look and act like us even when we shouldn't sometimes. We feel we can read them even when we can't sometimes. And they can read us. The golden rule appears to be a useful guide. Conversely, diversity can lead to unfamiliar waters outside our experience. Fears can contaminate the action on both sides of the rule. It can be hard to open to the full experience. Information gets lost. What trust there is is fragile and easily lost. It appears that making the golden rule work depends on some factors that are not the kinds of things written about in sacred writings. Perhaps trust one another should be right up there with love one another And before trust usually comes managing our own fears, embracing vulnerability and being willing to open without judgment. One of the most persuasive things we can do is to be willing to be persuaded. If we can conquer our own fears and open to the other, we can potentially violate the rule by using persuasion rather than force. Vulnerability really is a superpower. Sounds like it ought to be weak. But it actually implies that we faced our own personal fears, accepted what can't be changed, and freed the fearful energy for more constructive purposes. We manage the distortions of reality that these fears cause, and open anyway. It's an ongoing process, and one with great rewards. Notice that a lot of the suggestions up to this point sound a lot like transforming ourselves and others. So we have a bit of a head start as Unitarians, because the diversity of religious backgrounds has given us a lot of data and practice in that realm. Some of the diversity in languages spoken, economic and political views, offer additional challenges. A good strategy is to develop our awareness of how the other is responding when we use the rule and other actions. Compare our experience with our expectations. We need to learn to recognize when something we have said or done seems to have failed. If the other's behavior, emotions, or body language is unexpected, we can guess that however well-intended our communication was didn't hit its mark. This should probably be attended to when it happens because ignoring it may just derail the conversation. Also, expect that the other's fears may break through from time to time. Treat them with understanding and stay open. The main tool for transforming ourselves, each other, and the world is our own awareness. First of ourselves with our strengths, weaknesses, and blind spots. And then empathetic awareness of the broader spectrum of behavior across our diverse world. But being you use, awareness isn't enough. We need to take action as well. Believing that we understand what is necessary may run aground when the other just says no. To get the other to actually benefit from your action, they need to the change. The key word for diversity in applying the golden rule is trust. Successful change will only happen if the other trusts us more than they dislike what, we do, what we're going to do to them. <laughs> Developing trust is a process often discussed in management training and or relationship counseling. A key strategy is to be aware of the intention of each of our actions invite feedback, and show our respect for the other, or at least our respect for what happened to make them the way they are. If not, regroup, fall back a bit, and try another pathway. The key for transforming others is to support them gently and encourage them to do what they need to do. Arguing, getting frustrated, or giving logical reasons can damage the trust that is the real catalyst for change. Our goal is to allow the other to feel and trust our ability to do unpleasant actions to them, to allow them to feel held by our attention and, in many cases, love. Again, child rearing provides a lot of opportunities to develop this trust. If the other feels seen and trusts the relationship, the doing has a good chance to succeed. Learning to read these reactions is, I believe, the most important part of making the transformed rule work. Too often when things go wrong, we tend to step back, break connection, and attempt to make up a story on the spot to explain what happened. In many cases the strategy will lead to less engagement and we may label our behavior as good and the other's behavior as bad, or come up with a stereotyped explanations for the failure. Regardless of whether these explanations are true or not, they're not helpful. When Russia invaded the Ukraine, they did not follow the golden rule. It's easy in this case to see what they felt they had the say to justify breaking the rules. They had to pretty much turn off their empathy to deliver such pain. And to us, their reasons don't make any sense. When we deny a child peanuts or ice cream, we need to create a distance between them and us. And if our empathy is in good working order, this can be uncomfortable. The tendency is to make up a story that justifies our action. The story might be factual, but unwelcome. Peanuts will make you sick, or it can be an excuse. No peanuts, you didn't pick up your room this morning. Whatever we say, we need to deal with our empathy, letting us know how unpleasant this is for the other. A very common and often unconscious strategy is to project some emotion or opinion onto the other to manage our own reaction. The homeless person may be seen as too lazy to get a job. The diverse minority can be seen as inferior in morals, education, religion, or wealth. The result, often unconsciously, is to create a separation so that the empathetic connection can be weaker and more easily ignored, but it leaves the core problem untouched. To summarize, the golden rule has kernels of truth, but cannot be applied in all situations. Trust is the key to transforming the rule And learning the boundaries of the rule and ways to deal with its limitations will get us farther than blind obedience to it.